Hey everybody, welcome back to the next episode of The E-Professor. This week I get to talk to Larry Batag. He's an author, he's an attorney, he's a VP of a mortgage company. Uh, yeah, he does a lot. And he's even here to kind of tell us, not necessarily what to think, but how to challenge ourselves, how to forgive ourselves, how to make the most out of our lives. It's a really good episode. Even though it may not feel really business related, it is because what we do for ourselves personally will help us develop ourselves professionally. I really can't wait for you to sit down and enjoy this episode. Thanks and enjoy. Welcome to the E-Professor Real Estate Podcast. My name is Justin Lethby and I'm a realtor, trainer, and coach. My sole purpose here is to take my many years in real estate as well as my even many more years as a trainer and get you to your goals and beyond. I'm going to do this by talking about business, growth development, branding, marketing, you know, basically all successful things that entrepreneurs are doing today. And hey, since I'm your tech guy, there's going to be tech thrown in here as well. So let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is Justin Lutby, the E-Professor of Real Estate, and I have Larry Batag on here. I've known Larry for, oh, shoot, probably almost 10 years now, I think. And um, he's... uh, Part of Cherry Creek Mortgage. He's the what general manager there, owner, vice president of national production. So there we go. I knew I was going to put Colorado. I'm not the owner, so I'm working. I'm trying to get you raised, promoted up, man. Um, so, uh, so he he runs that. He's an author. Uh, no rewind. He actually has his own podcast. He'll, I'll give him time to talk about that towards the end. Go find him. But I thought I'd have Larry on today because he wrote a book called No Rewind. It's a great book. I told him right before we got started, and I'll do candor. I've gotten through half of it. It's been great. I love what I'm learning from it. But I'm a slow reader, so I have a hard time getting through all of it. Yeah, I didn't put any pictures in there either. It makes it easier with pictures for me. <laughs> I wish I had pictures. Um, so let's just start off, Larry, by simply telling you why. Why did you write the book? Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me today, Justin. You and I, our, our paths, um, we're, we're crossed at one point pretty tightly, and then we wave and come out and come in and come out. But it, it's great to circle back. And I think there's certain people in your life over the course of your life that you know you want to be connected with. And I, even if it's only by a strand or a thread or a rope, it's right. great that we're, we have that connection. So thank you for inviting me in today. Um well, you know, the, it really started because if, if I go way back, I, I will tell you I was in college and um, I was um, not a great student. I was not a great student in high school, nor was I one in college. I had a Ph.D. and um, being the life of the party. And uh, as a result, it took me five and a half years to graduate. I, I will tell you, I, I changed um, degrees three, four five times. My parents said, knock it off, graduate. Talked to a counselor. They said, listen. If you're going to do it, you need to get in literature and communications, and you can go in any field with that. So I did. 
And what I, what I found out was that um, I actually um, found out that I was actually pretty good at writing. Not because I had a talent. I think I had a, uh, an expression for words that I could put in. And even me being a lost child at that point, um, I, I was able to dazzle some people with writing. And um, I thought it was a one-off because I really wasn't committed to it. Quite honestly, I hated, like you, I hated reading. I hate writing. And I did it because I had to. But fast forward in law school, I'm doing a lot of writing. And so I get in all this training. And, and finally, I, I, I get married and have these kids. And my oldest kid, I, I drove him into a tree uh, behind a, a snowmobile. And he got airlifted and um, put in Lutheran General Hospital in, in, in the PICU unit. And um, wow. he spent 10 days in the PICU. And so I got tired of giving updates. I got tired of putting on the phone. I got tired of doing this. And finally, I just wrote out the whole story and we'll give updates as it went. And I give them to my wife, Michelle. I said, give it to whoever wants. This is where we're at today. People called up to her and said, oh my gosh, I'm crying. This is the best thing in the world. It's at that point, I realized I probably had something that maybe I need to pour myself a little more into. And honestly, I love it. And then story after story, finally, I realized I got all these different things. Let's put it together. Long answer to a very short question. <laughs> it's really good, though. Uh, you know, I, I did actually just finish the chapter that you talked about with your son. That was very uh, inspiring, moving. But I think what's actually very fascinating about your book, at least for me right now, is kind of how you started off the book and what it's doing now. I am not this person, right? You said when you read a book, you have the front of the page and you write down all the topics and and you note them, right? And you put them out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't do that. I I, I kind of rely on my memorization skills, to be honest with you, which is not the right strategy, but it's what well, I do. Well, let me tell you, I, I, I want to share this because I think it's one of the best tricks that I, I guess I'm the only one that figured this out. But um, everyone that I share with it, they love it. But I, I, I have this other book here. It's not my book. But if I were to take this book here and as I read this book, what I do is I open up the book on the inside and the first white page on there, I make that my personal index. And so I might go ahead and write down it, it, something about faith um, and I'll put dot, 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 page 22 or discouragement when I want to jump off a cliff because something bad happened to our family or finances, whatever. That way I don't have to go search the book again, but I'm bummed out. I open it up. I'm like, oh yeah, heck, I'm, I'm, a, I'm depressed. Oh, this is a reminder. Remember it talked you out of it last time. So it's pretty cool, I think. No, I love I love that technique. I think it's great. Um, I also think it's great because, you know, the thing that I think is prominent with what you do and why you do that is what this book, I think, is full of, at least what I've seen so far. And, you know, there's adversity and then there's examples of how those adversity has came over and the values that you have used to reference them for overcoming those, right? And we all have our values, religious-based, moral, ethical, whatever those values are, we have them. Um, yours is, I don't know if I'm overstating it, you know, is there's definitely a religious base to a lot of the values that are perceived in the book, which I, I personally love. But um, nonetheless, there's a lot of values in there. And I now I do it through Kindle, so I have them highlighted, but I love it. So let's kind of talk about that. I, I I would assume part of the reason for writing these out there is not only to talk about the challenges that can happen in life, but that all these people and all these examples you have run across in your experiences have found ways to overcome these challenges. Would that be overstating it or simplifying it? 
I think you're 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 on it. And I, what I tell people is that um, if I can say this, I want to share kind of the, the premise of the book. But um, the the conclusion is what you said, and the conclusion is that everyone's dealt a different set of cards, and I, I really don't care as far as what you were dealt. Yeah, I, I see rich people uh, killing themselves. I see rich people committing suicide. I see poor people um, and coming from abusive relationships um, thrive. And um, it doesn't matter where you came from. You, you got a different set of cards. So when I hear all this stuff about equality, um, I think the equality is opportunity maybe. And as long as we have that opportunity, but here's the deal. You got to deal. No one's going to change your circumstance except for you. And um, so the premise of the book, if I can say this, um, is that there's two two parts of this book. Let's take about two, three minutes. But the first one is that um, I think about David. I, this isn't, I tell people it's not a Christian book. It's not a religious book, but but there's definitely some themes in there. And there's some stories in there. And, and the one is about David and, and David, you know, the David and Goliath guy. Well, David, um, you know, he, he is um, a guy who, um, his story is well known for most, a lot of people is that he uh, was supposed to be out at war. He's not at war. He's at home hanging in the crib and he looks a couple rooftops down and he sees Bathsheba, you know, uh, taking a bath. And, and uh, he said, yeah, I, I want some of that. And, uh, uh, as a King though, um, you know, she's, she's married, she's married to somebody else, but he doesn't care. He's a powerful King and he, he, he brings her down and, and knocks her up. And, um, but then he tries to get, Bathsheba's husband to go ahead and have sex so he can cover his tracks. And so um, he goes ahead and basically um, he, when, when, when he can't get uh, her husband to sleep with her, he, he, he kills her. And so I always think of the man thing, you know, he's an awesome man. He's a man who does stupid stuff and then tries to cover it up with even worse things. And so, <laughs> but, but, but what blew me away is when I read in the Bible in the, in the new Testament, I think it's Romans eight twenty eight. I think, it says, uh, David's a man after my own heart. And um, I think he was talking about David's heart, not his morality. You know, I think that David always wanted to do the right stuff. But but the conclusion for me, this is part one of the, uh, of the theme, is that you and I, I don't know about you, but probably you, um, but we hang ourselves for the sins of our past. And um, there's nobody who has a PhD in, in sin and failing more than I do. And... Um, I, I got my I got my feelings down perfectly, and so, but I thought about it. If, if you're going to write a scale on whose is worse, I guess I haven't slept with any wife. Um, I haven't killed any wife's husband. So what the hell am I beating myself up for? If God says he's a cool dude and a rock star, then quit hanging myself up. And the reason this is important is because that creates when you when you when you want to hang yourself. That creates a paralysis and, and you can't go do the things you're supposed to do. So that's part one. Part two is this. Elizabeth Kuba Ross is a doctor who is known for on death and dying. She wrote a book called on death and dying. And I, I remember reading this in high school and my prof told me or in the book, they had one, she studied people who were dying, but in the book, there was a, a study of people who died and were resuscitated and brought back to life. And whether it's through CPR, the paddles or whatever, the, the people who were brought back to life, one third of them had the same experience. And he said, God rewound their life. Don't ask me how. And replayed their whole life from birth to death. And then replayed again and said, but this is how I wanted you to live it. And as I think about it, um, they said that 
agnostic, atheist, Jew, you believe in God, you don't believe in God, you're Baptist, Mormon, whatever. 100% of the people that had that experience said, I wish I would have lived the life that God had lived. So what it told me is, one, quit hanging yourself for all the bullshit that you do, and I, I, I do most, and don't, but don't waste your tomorrow. And I think that when those two worlds meet, boom. If you want to put a Christian or a religious element onto it, great, do so. But I, I guess even if you're an atheist, I'm thinking to myself, you only got one shot in life. So what are you doing? I mean, let's go make something of it, you know? That's the nickel. And so all these people, I'll, I'll shut up here. Oh, all these people are people who have had stuff dealt to them and at some point in their life had to make a decision to go ahead and either continue to ride the, the, the pity party train or get off their F and A's and start moving, you know? Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. Again, you know, for me saying what I was saying earlier is, you know, I, I don't care where our belief systems are, but we're all kind of guided by our own code, our own boundaries, our own set of parameters. And unfortunately, Unfortunately, for what you, what you're saying is, and we all do it. I mean, we all have our guilties. We feel like the thing that we all fall under is we all feel like we're we're on our own island of misery, right? We're under our own island of stuck, right? That's what we feel like. It's not true. We're all together in that world of stuck, right? I think what um, people look at it is just I say it exactly like you say that you, you're on an island. Everyone else is on the ocean liner. They're all having fun. You're just watching the world go by. I got to tell you, I've been there, and that's a miserable, miserable, miserable place to be. It's very tough, right? And you know, I think this is—I think this is good timing to have you on uh, for the fact that, quite literally, we have just spent the last year in our own island, right? I mean, literally, mm-hmm. we have seen the same four walls. You know, now mm-hmm. you. You do have a business that does get to have you out in front of more people. So mm-hmm. do I. Mm-hmm. But it's for a lot of us, we don't have those luxuries. We don't have, I mean, I'll be honest. I teach a lot of people all day long, but it's still the same four walls. When I walk out of the room, it's two new walls, but it's the same, it's the same boundaries I have all day long. So feeling that stuck is challenging, which is why I love what you just said about don't waste tomorrow. Right? <laughs> let's, let's keep moving forward because I'll be honest with you. I think you wrote it in the book. If not, I I've heard you say that somewhere else. That's what's been ringing in my ear for about the last two to three weeks. It's like, okay, stop, stop just, just ruddering around, right? Stop just paddling. You know, let's start swimming. Let's start doing something. Let's start living. Who cares if it's a mistake? Who cares if I go in the wrong direction? I'll learn from it. Let, but let's start doing something. Let's start living again. Yeah, one of my best friends would always, we always harass each other. And he always like, Larry, just do something. I don't care if it's right or wrong. Just go do something. <laughs> and that was his way of just, you know, slamming me. And we, we, we tease each other. But he's right. You know, if you're stuck, do something. I heard this person talk. And um, this is going to go ahead and slam some people wrong. But um, they said the most selfish people in the whole world are the depressed people. And... Um, I can say this because I was depressed. And when he heard when I heard that and heard him explain it, it made me kind of do a, this big introspection because I look back at my life during that year that I was depressed. Everything was about me. I'm miserable. How can I make my life better? Nobody loves me. Poor me. Poor whatever. And I, I was bad. And that, that was clinical, seriously clinical DNA depression. Um, I, I get that. 
but I'm going to tell you in the United States, I, I'm working with this 18 year old kid over in Pakistan right now. And, and we FaceTime um, almost every week. He's um, oldest or second oldest of six kids. You know, they are in a house that's probably equal to the same size as this office here. They have one mattress where six out of the eight of them sleep, mom and dad, and four of the kids, and he and his brother sleep on the floor. It takes him, uh, his dad's the only one that's employed. Um, he, it costs him $150 to have the rent and to pay the food for the entire um, uh, month for the entire family. No one's educated. And so um, we're helping this guy get through high school. Um, but if you're educated, you get through. And he's dying, dying for an education. And I think to myself, um, you know, the worst people here in the United States, truly, are the people um, that don't understand. The, the worst people are probably the homeless. Beyond that, the worst people that are on welfare, Section 8 housing, they got their iPhone. They got their, uh, you know, their, their TV, their, you know, they, they have everything. And we have no clue. And so when I hear about people in the United States feeling sorry for themselves, you know, they haven't found their purpose. They're, they're screwed up. And I'm not, I am pointing fingers and I'm in a judgmental way because they need to get their head out of their ass. But there's nobody, I need a crowbar to get my head out of my ass. I, I, I was the worst of the worst. And um, I felt sorry for myself. It was a bad time. And um, I was my own, I, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. I should have been at war like David. I didn't. I was sitting around being a playboy. And um, there's fun for a minute. But it's not fulfilling. <laughs> well, and it's I I think it's interesting, right? Because I I think you nail it, right? We all have to have that help, right? We all have to have that crowbar to 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 waken ourselves up, um, in different formats, right? Some we get lost in a different direction. Some we get lost too much in ourselves. You know, I can only speak for myself. Going back to what you said, I I know for myself, um. You know, when I, you know, I am a real estate, we do that stuff. But when I was directly going to real estate, those transactions mostly were about me and getting a paycheck. They were not about my clients. My best, my best time, my best joy when it was always about them. And that's what it is for me now. Right. So finding that true desire and finding who you're going to help, who you're going to help move and grow when it stops becoming inter and becomes intra, it's going to be a lot better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I, that's, again, that's why I love the book is that, you know, it's, it's, it's helping me kind of regather some of those things that the last year I probably have forgotten about because it's way too easy for us to get focused internally too quickly because it's, that's all we're at. We're just internal right now. Um, but here's the thing. Let me ask you this going along those conversations. Just take a side tangent real quick. You mentioned the phone. When the when the smartphones came out, I will be I'll be the first to admit I'm a big tech guy and I love that stuff. And I thought I was going to be a great communication grower, right? Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be a great bonder of boundaries, right? We were no no, no longer limited by neighborhoods. We are no longer limited by. Um, you're right, right? But now I almost going to say it's just the opposite. I feel that a lot of these things give us a false sense of global reach and we have gotten more tighter and more tight niched in our communications and conversations via our phone and social media and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, a couple of rabbit trails here. I, I love what you're saying. I, I will tell you, I teach a lot uh, uh, how to use Facebook to grow your business. And I, mm -hmm. I make a significant amount of money 
on the free aspects of it. Um, and, and so but I'm doing it for a purpose. And I will tell you that I love about Facebook is this. Justin, this is the first time I put my eyes on you. Um, I don't know, um, maybe a year, year and a half, couple of years. I, Probably I two, yeah. Time. And so this is nice, and this gives me something. You know, uh, FaceTime will, will give me that. Um, and, and Facebook's pretty cool because it, it allows me to pop in and pop out of your life. Um, but the politics, all the negative stuff, it, it, it's horrible. Um, five o'clock when I get home or six o'clock when I get home, I, I want to be a husband. I want to be a, a parent. And then if I put my thing down, I can look and see these idiots, my, my idiot kids doing the same thing. And so, um, it, it's really, I, I feel bad for this generation. And, uh, now I'm the old guy all of a sudden, you know, and I'm thinking of how my parents were all screwed up, but they don't know how to do relationships. And, um, now, my kids are good because I've been um, I've been pretty much a bully as far as uh, no phone zone times. And that we're doing a lot of physical stuff outside, take them to Canada, fishing. We go up there where we um, go to boundary waters where there's no, oh, cool. uh, you know, there's, there, there's no uh, cell. I take them up in the mountains with the same thing. And, and that honestly is their favorite thing. I think if you look back on your life, I doubt that you'll ever look back and say, boy, I'm sure glad I spent X amount of time even having a, a one hour exchange with you or me. But I will tell you, when I take them out to Colorado hiking and climbing a mountain in, in Canada, they're always going to look back. Time, T-I-M-E. Those are the things. And, and honestly, going to what you said, those boundaries, there are no boundaries. And so I make it a point. My, my boss made it a point, but he will not respond to me after a certain amount of time at night, not because he doesn't love me. He's one of my best friends but because he's got his own freaking family. I got the same thing too. And I don't want to be married to this stuff. So it, it, it's horrible. Uh, no, I, I worry about it because I'm a single person myself, but I value my friends, my family. I value all those folks. And I try to make time to go out and visit them as best I can. And um, it's funny when I go out to dinner on my own, I watch people, couples, I would assume they're couples, at a table together. And the only reason I'm saying, as I assume, is because they're not talking to one another. I agree. <laughs> it's like, okay. I saw a restaurant that went and said that they're, um, um, I, I was in a restaurant recently. It, it, I think it was Gia Mia in St. Charles oh, yeah. that said, put your phones away. Now, I, I, I don't know if, if that's the right for a, a restaurant to do that or not, but I got to tell you, I agree with them. I mean, why? Why not just get pickup, get DoorDash if you're going to sit there and just, if it's a food thing and you're going to play your whole time on a phone. I mean, really, what's the experience? There's no experience, you know. You want to go meet at GMEs, Justin? You and I go meet and we'll spend our entire time on the phone? That, that sounds horrible to me. No, I'll, I'll be honest. When I meet with my friends, um, especially my old high school friends, the first thing I do is I put my phone on the table and I put it down like this. Me too. Me too. Um, right in front of them, right in the middle of the table. Um, and it's, I'm not trying to be mean or be rude about it, but I'm here to intentionally let you all know that I'm here for the conversation and for the right. hangout, not for the phone. Can't get it back. So I agree with that. So getting back to the book, that's a rabbit trail, but I thought it was great for what you said. Let's go back to what you're saying. So if we talk about the chapters, we're not going to get too deep into that, but let's just kind of summarize the chapters a little bit. So we talked about the fact that um, you know, it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta be okay with your sins, your mistakes, your, you got, you've got to accept your flaws. Really. I mean, that's what we got to accept. We don't have to necessarily keep re- reproducing our flaws, but we got to be okay with what we've done and kind of move yeah, forward. Learn from them. 
and then we need to move forward. So how do we do that? Right. How do I think we just kind of talked a little bit, but I think people are part of that conversation. But how do we what tools do you think or you use personally or whatever to kind of work past your your flaws, your sins, so to speak? Well, here, here's the thing. If I if I tell you, um, Justin, don't think of a pink elephant. What's the first thing you think of? <laughs> Very true. Right. So, I've already pictured it in a tutu and all that kind of stuff. So, so I, I think to myself. First of all, I got to quit thinking about all my freaking faults and flaws because the more I dwell on how here, here's the deal. When you, you, you want me to call it straight out, I'm going to be as arrogant as I need to be here. I'm the best at some things in life that I just have a skill set that nobody else has. And I got to tell you, I go outside that box. I am the worst in the world. I fumble through. I want to hire people to cover up the things, the things I'm good at. I want to live it. I mean, I have more fun with that. And, 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 and you know, again, not a preachy thing, but I think most people believe there's a God. But, I mean, I think God designed us with a certain talent, a certain DNA to do certain things. And quite honestly, I don't want to do what you do. I mean, you selling real estate, oh, my gosh, I'd rather kill myself. Um, and, and But the fact that you do it, thank God we got somebody good, high integrity, loves people, wants to serve them. That's great. That ain't me. And but that's okay. And I think that there's this all this false humility. Well, I'm I'm no good. Yeah, BS. You were designed to be great at something. So my my first comment would be this. I, I I'm a big advocate of a life plan. I love life planning, and I think that um, um, life planning is a huge. It's a cliche term, but but I will tell you that a life plan really says you know, build the life that you want. It's going to come. Um, and, and I think that if you do that, there, there's always different accounts and you're going to create accounts, but, um, and, and what the accounts are, are like, we'll say my relationship with God, my relationship with my wife, that's another account, my relationship with my kids, my finances, my health, each one of those are accounts. What I want those to look like. But I think even before that, there has to be a time where you put your phone down, you go out and this sounds so damn hippious. But you go out in the middle of a field, you go out in a park, you go sit out in a country road at midnight with a million stars, and you think to yourself, what am I good at? What do, what, what do I get off on? Um, what am I great? What, what, what fills my tank? And, um, you know, there has to be a skill set that, that, that really does it. And I think that you, you start building from there. You, you find out the things that excite you. I can tell you what excites me. I, I had a conversation with, with with a recruit earlier today. I said, you know, the only thing I really care about is if I can change people's lives and make money doing that, I've died and gone to heaven. Now, the fact that I'm in law, the fact that I'm in mortgages, um, I have two careers, that's that's awesome. But those are really conduits to fill them up my tank. You know what I mean? And that's such a big um coin flip from where I was a million years ago and I was depressed in the world about me. And I'm more happy filling other people up and I get paid to do it. So it's pretty cool. But then my, my point is, yeah, if I know those accounts and then you're going to start investing in those accounts. So, so let's just say with my wife, my, my account might say that I spend one meal a week out with her. And it could be just going to Portillo's and getting a hot dog. For, we're not there for the hot dog. We're there to hang with each other. And remember that we married each other. Uh, and then maybe I'll say once a quarter, um, we'll do a family vacation. And once a year, just she and I will go on vacation. 
And so I start making plans to fill up each account in ways that can be calendared and ways that can be measured. And so I can, but I think the more you start focusing on those good, as opposed to me going back to all the crappy stuff I've done in the past, because as soon as I say, don't think of a pink elephant, I'm screwed, you know? And I, I think that's so huge. And I appreciate you say that, right? Because again, I, I think that was such a good analogy because I do think, and including myself, when I asked that question, we asked that question wrong. How do we fix our flaws? They're past. They're in the history. Right. <laughs> How do we move forward? That's what we got to think about. Where, where are our goals? Where are our beacons? Where are our boundaries at? Yeah. And I love the other thing that you say, because I do, I also teach this quite a bit as well. Um, I have a business builder class I teach at least once a year. And the first thing I talk about is filling that calendar before you start worrying about work, right? What are those things that you're going to re-energize yourself? What are those things that you want to do? What are those things that you value? Is it your family? Is it your friends? Is it, uh, you know, a fishing trip? You know what? I don't care what they are. It's what those things that value are. And you can focus on those items. You are now running towards something and stop running away from something. Yeah, what, 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 I love what you say with that because I do think a lot of people are, are, are doing just that. They're running away from things. I think in America, you know, we waste so much talent. We have more gifts than probably anywhere in the world. And um, I, I, I just tell, I tell everybody all the time, we're, we're, we're addicted to painkillers. And so painkillers is, um, I call them teddy bears. You know, it could be booze, it could be sex, drugs, rock and roll. It could be, um, you know, making sure that you, spending two hours a night in front of the TV. It could be that's going to show up uh, work a half hour late every day, making sure you got that through that Starbucks line. Um, you know, we, we all have these teddy bears. And um, I, I think I, I talked to this realtor who you probably know, and I, I'm not going to say because she was nice enough to share this with me, but she uh, went through a divorce X amount of years ago. And when I had lunch with her, she said, um, her, she was so depressed and, and her doctor said, here, let me give you some, um, what, what's that medicine? Antidepressants. Hmm. And she's like, uh-uh. She goes, for me to be, get better, I have to feel this pain. And um, now that's a really cognitive depression. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, I think that most Americans here, we are lulled to sleep through mediocrity and so we live for the weekend. And what the weekend is, we just kind of ramp up the painkiller a little bit more. We have a, one or two more drinks on a Friday. We, we, you know, we live for the weekend. I think that if you're living for the weekend, something's wrong. I love the weekend more than anybody. I mean, I just, I, I love, I love my job, but I love leaving. I love hanging out with the family. I like taking my wife out for dinner. I like hanging with the family. But, I, um, and I spend most of my time at work. So I, I, I like walking away from my job. I'm not living for the weekend. Um, and I think that um, you can live the weekend every single day, two hours in front of the TV. What's your screen time? Five hours? That, that, that's killing you. killing time. You're, you're wasting time. <clears throat> well, I stopped watching TV mostly for the fact that I realized several years ago with the centers, um, you know, the centers, but they talked to, to me a couple of yeah. times about that. And um, you know, just made a cognizant point of me that if you're watching the news, all it is, you know, the news is based on selling attention. Right. And the best way they sell right. attention is to negative news. That's what right. they have learned. It's just right. how it works. Yep. So I stopped watching TV then. And holy cow, my energy changed almost overnight. Yeah, I will tell you, I have um, and people always say, have you seen The Walking Dead, which I've never seen? Yeah. Have you seen this? And I, I tell people I got an addictive personality. 
I don't want one more thing that I'm going to look forward to because I will. I'll, I'll, I'll end up liking something and I'll be addicted. I have like two shows that I watch. And I TiVo them and I, I, I watch, you know, it, it, I, I watch them. They're, they're, they're like reality shows such as like Gold Rush or um, Bering Sea Gold or, you know, whatever. And, and, and so I don't live on it, but I sure like seeing an alternative way of life. And it's, it's probably about a half hour a week. But we made a determination last year. This, um, excuse me, with the election, then we're done with the news. And so March of 2020, we turned it off. And I just found out yesterday that there was a trial for the guy who yeah. was convicted for, I can't, I don't know the guy's name, but George Floyd, but I don't know who the police officer was. I didn't know what it was out. I, everyone's saying all the social media stuff. And I got to tell you, there's justice there. there you, you decide who's right, who's wrong. I know nothing about it. Um, but I got to tell you, living in that world, uh, I'll jump in and jump out to see what's going on. I don't want to live in that world. I got too much to do. I got too. That's that's the best thing. I got too much to do. I'm not wasting my life anymore. Well, and I think that's huge, right? I mean, you know, the the one challenge, you know, getting back to the the industry, hopefully that we're talking to right now, our fellow realtors. You know, the challenge that you have is, you know, we're what we're over a million now. Something I don't remember what it is, but no, we're over a million agents in the area, and you know, the average agent does two transactions a year it means there's a lot of time on their hands. And what are you doing with those times, right? Going back to what you just said, I think one of the best things we can tell them, or hopefully I'm not trying to speak for you, but tell them, go find things to be doing constructively. Go find ways you can help people. Go find ways that motivate you, energize you, and reward you in ways. Real estate will come with that. You know, you, you know, you know Brian Buffini, right? Yep, Absolutely. Yeah. I love Brian. I had a, I had a one-on-one. Actually, I was fortunate enough that he gave me a personal coaching session once. Um, but the thing that I will never forget about Papini, he says to lenders that you should spend 80% of your time uh, working on your files, 20% of your time marketing. He said, realtors, you're the opposite. You spend 80% of your time with people, 20% of the time on your deals. I think myself as a lender, I would kill to be able to spend 80% of my time Building relationships. If I could build relationships, honestly, there's a, a, a someone in our industry called Zinix, X-I-N-N-I-X. And the woman who created this company, she was the number one lender in all of southeastern United States. She married the number two lender from Merrill Lynch Mortgage back when Merrill Lynch was, was reality. And, and, and they're the number one mortgage coaching company in the United States. Uh-huh. And they are elite. And now the top 400 originators throughout the entire United States Half of them have graduated from Zenix. Her whole program is this. Know me, like me, trust me. How can you trust me if you don't like me? How can you like me if you don't even know me? So what's your job as a realtor? Go out and do that. Build trust. Invest in others. I tell my kids all the time. It's my new expression. I can't believe I pulled this out of my butt. I go, I think think beyond yourself. I love it. Um, I, I, I For years, I never thought beyond myself. And I think that if you think about other people, their needs and build relationships, you're going to be fine. But quit wasting your freaking time. Quit it. Well, yeah, and, and I'll kind of end on this. I think the one chapter you talked about fear was huge, right? We all live in fear one way or the other. Um, I wouldn't say that. I say we've all experienced fear. You can graduate past it, but you got to confront it. Sure, that's fair. That's fair. Well, much better said. Um, we've all we've all had fear. We've all, we've, we've yeah. all in the past have handicapped ourselves based on a myth, a fear of something, right? Um, 
you know, for me, getting on the phone call for the longest time was the hardest thing in the world to do. It was just a, a straight out fear. It was a misconception. But once I found what I wanted to do and how I wanted to help people, getting on the phone was much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, I called you a few years ago, seeing how I could help. We didn't figure anything out, but that was okay. I wasn't crushed by that because it was what I was driven to do. It wasn't a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. It was a step in the stepping stone of the world. Um, those steps lead me to doing other things, calling other people, calling other associations, calling other leaders. And it has tremendously grown. Um, so with that being said, any, oh, I guess let's just stop there. Anything you want to add about the fear? Because I think that's, I think for most of us in our industries, cooperating or not, that's really where I see most people fail is not because of their ability, not because of their skill sets, not even because they are social beings. It's because they are driven by a fear that they can't get past. Yeah, uh, uh, those are those are great words. I, I will sum it up to the really easy punch in the face is this, um, and this is for me, um, you either live with fear and fear paralyzes you. Um, fear paralyzes you. It, 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 it's kryptonite. And so if, if you're living in fear, that's the deal. Or the alternative would be to carry regret. And I can tell you that carrying regret, uh, I can't ever get rid of. I have to go through all that stuff that what I told you earlier is you got to go through all this therapeutic crap in your mind to um, release the sins of your past and your failures. But I would rather go out. I, what I realize is this, I'm not in sales. Um, I, I am, but I, I, when I think of sales, I think of these sleazy salespeople like on uh, used car salesmen. Uh, when, when I say, uh, hey, hey, Justin, uh, Larry Bethick, the sales guy's coming over. You want to see him? Not really. And uh, so, but what I realize is everyone's in sales, first of all, um, you're either transactional or you're relational. So I, I've already told you I'm relational. But the reason I say I'm not in sales is because really all I do is serve people. I educate them. I hope they think I'm a rock star because I'm not selling anything. And then even if they don't go with me, maybe they'll tell their friends how awesome I am because I help them out. So here's the deal. If I don't just use my talent and my DNA, then I got to carry regret. And I don't know how hard it is to put regret down. I, it, I don't have regret right now. But I can tell you I've carried it for a long time, and, and, and I don't know if you ever put it down. I, I, I'm not carrying it, I think, right now. But i got to tell you, um, when you're living more authentic, you're really who you are, and you're probably thinking beyond yourselves or whatever. I don't know what the whole thing is. Here's the deal. Confront your fear or carry it. And carry it means you're going to carry regret, and that's a bunch of bullshit. So sorry about the No, no, you're good. You're good. Hey, this is an adult podcast. I, <laughs> it's no big deal. Um, so I appreciate that. Uh, we are about to, that time. I promised you to keep you it within this time frame. Um, so I do appreciate your time, Larry. I thought, man, there were so many tremendous nuggets in here. People listening late now that were listening live or listening in the future. Uh, do what Larry said, but do it from a little notebook here, right? You have a little piece of paper writing these nuggets down and timestamp them in this podcast so you can go back to it and listen to it because I think there was tremendous value for this. I appreciate your time. Now, here's the trick. Here's what I do as a value to you since you are donating your time to me. Um, This is your opportunity to plug away. So tell people what you want them to know, where you want them to find you, how they want you to interact with you. Well, thank you for doing this. First of all, I'm grateful, and I, I, I find that I, you, you re-energize me. I am at uh, whatever time of day it is right now. I feel like I'm kind of hitting my thing, so this this does re-energize me. I guess 
you know, if you're interested in mortgages or if you're interested in, 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 in a real estate attorney, they're completely separate, not related businesses. Um, call me or text me at 630-417-7172 or your clients. Uh, my, my shameless plug is this. I did write a book called No Rewind. Um, even if you want a free copy, you can email me um, at lbetag at ccmclending.com. Um, and I, my, my, my shameless plug that I'm really excited for is I, I have a start my podcast. And my podcast, fittingly enough, is, do you have any idea? No Rewind? I no should Rewind. Know. There you go. Nice. There you go. No, I just figured uh, I, I, I try to keep it simple. So it's no rewind the podcast. I got some awesome people and it's really not doing the stuff that you're doing. So it's not in competition. It's just really talking about those people who have made decisions at some point, uh, flip their switch own their life and go from good to great. So that's me. And that's my, my shameless plug, but I'm grateful for your time today. I really enjoyed this. I want to do it again. No, we'll, we'll hopefully there's more topics. You said you got another book coming. We got other topics we can yeah. talk about, um, but I'm glad to do this. Yeah, I um, we do this hopefully weekly. But right now, I'll be honest, the year got away from me. So it's been about every other just like you. We talked earlier. Um, uh, I'm still learning this a little bit and the consistency hasn't been my bestest of friends <laughs> for the podcast. It's a journey. It's a journey. It takes a while. <laughs> I love streaming. Stream I use for a lot of my stuff, too. It's great. No, I love it. Um, So I appreciate it. Thank you, Larry. And um, we'll chat later. Okay. Thanks a lot. Don't forget to sign up for this podcast where all podcasts sit. Apple, Spotify, Pandora these days. You have them all. Google, there's all there. Please sign up for it. Enjoy, like, subscribe so you get all the episodes. And two, if you want to participate in this live, every single event that I do is broadcasted live. So find us in the eProfessor of Real Estate Facebook page or my page on YouTube. All the links are below. Like, subscribe to those as well so you get notified when I go live and you will get those and you can participate with the event. Can't wait to see you in the next episode.